We in James, we're going to be in chapter two. I know we went over it, but again, by me being enhanced in James, I don't want to make sure we miss anything. We call it going back and running over the potholes. We uh, read stuff very fast. And we thank God that his name is not James, his name is Jacob. Jacob. But we still move forward. We can call him James. And, uh, you know, it was good Sunday because we had some guests, and, and the, the gentleman said that he had learned something. Amen. That's good. Things are really good when you leave a service and you actually say you learned something. And he may be back tonight for Bible study. He wanted to know when Bible study was. So I told him when that was. Uh, uh, Brother Wills? Was that one of your parents? Um, no, that's actually Ian's girlfriend's parents. Yeah, that was Ian's girlfriend's parents. Well, who was the guy, gentleman, was at the nursing home, Pastor? That's Paul. That's uh, that's that's uh, Stephanie's friend. No, I'm talking about the youngest guy. I know. Oh, Paul. Uh, 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 Paul's cousin. Oh, okay. The one that played the drums. Yeah. That's Paul's cousin. Okay. Yeah, because he came to the uh, nursing home on Sunday too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's Paul's cousin. So he likes. To, he said he wants to come every time we come. Okay. Oh, All right. So we in James chapter two. And I want you to understand this about James. James is a very simple book. It gives us a way to live. But like I was telling Sister Curly before we got started, it's the book, The Welfare Plan of God. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, all it talks about is how we're supposed to take care of each other, the religion we're supposed to practice is to take care of the poor and afflicted. And now we're going to get into, we got into the uh, uh, showing partiality, how we should not show partiality to anybody. I talked about Sunday about how... Uh, you establish whether your vertical relationship is really what it should be in Christ. It's played out on how you deal with each other. How you deal vertically should be played out how you deal horizontally with each other. If you're not really dealing horizontally, your vertical ain't what you think it is. You know, it's not as good as you think it is. Your connection and wherever you walk with, as you walk out your horizontal, meaning as you head towards your destiny, God is always dealing with you. God is always dealing with you. God is always challenging you. God is always stretching you. God is always pushing you. But now, when it comes, but it comes back, when your prayers go up and they come back down, there's going to be a challenge. Yeah. You know, that's what we were talking about with working and stuff. You want a promotion. There's a challenge to that. Yeah. You're about to step into new territory, just like the children of Israel. And then there's a behavior that we should exhibit while we're going through what? Challenges. Challenges. In chapter one, starting at the first, second verse, what did he say? Counting what? Oh, oh, when you come into these different challenges. But you can't count on all this joy till you understand the purpose for the challenge is to glorify God. You're going to benefit from it, but it's going to glorify God because people are going to see you going through it and say, how do you have the strength to go through this and you're going to give the glory to God? You're going to say, it's not me, it's the God that's in me. I was telling Sister Carol and I posted on Facebook, it's not about your church attendance that makes the difference. It's about when you leave up out of here and show people that the church is in you. That makes it so, so simple. It's not the stuff that's pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. It's really dealing with people. And James being the half-brother of Jesus, he is the perfect person to sit here and tell us how to conduct ourselves. If you notice, he says a lot of things that Jesus said, but he just says it in a different way. Okay, so let's start, uh, Sister Frida. Let's start at verse 
Let's start at verse 10. 2 and 10. James 2.10. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. Mm -hmm. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Mm -hmm. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Now think about this. Jesus says something like that. Remember he said in Matthew, he said, if you commit adultery, the adultery starts in the mind, right? Mm -hmm. It's not in the act. He said, if you look upon a woman with lust, you've always committed adultery. It's always been a heart thing. And heart and mind are synonymous in the Bible. It's not the ooey-gooey thing. Your heart and your mind are synonymous in the Bible. Because the Bible talks about out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. See, so in your heart, you can see ill-gotten thoughts, thoughts of adultery. And he's saying, with these thoughts, James is saying the same thing. If you think these things, if you do one of them, you've done them all. But it starts in the heart and the mind. And that's what we have to be, uh, give over to God and get in control. What's your thought process like? Do you always go evil before you go good first? Do you always think bad of somebody before you give them a chance to do good? Can you really go into a situation to be neutral and let it unfold? Can you go in a situation and let it be positive no matter what's happening around you? This is what James is trying to say. You're going to face temptation to always be negative in whatever aspect of life you go in. But God is saying, look, the negativity that you, that you bring is the negativity that you're going to get. I'm not talking about the Middle Eastern's guru stuff. I'm just saying I found it better to go into a situation even if it's negative with a positive attitude. Because positivity is contagious. Okay? It's contagious. Go ahead and read. So speak and so act as though you are to as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Mm -hmm. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Now check it out. Judgment is to mercy for someone who has not what? Shown mercy. You need to highlight that scripture. Judgment you go under God's judgment when you don't show no mercy. Why? Because you've been given mercy. Just read that passage again. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mm -hmm. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So God is saying, show somebody some mercy and quit judging people. Okay. Now, we got we to gotta define our judgment here. Judging people is not telling them what the Bible says is right to do. That's not judgment. He's saying judge, the Bible tells us to judge a just judgment. Anything that we say that God say about a certain circumstance or situation is a just judgment. We're not judging out of our own imagination. But first we must do is give judgment on ourselves so that we can have mercy. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, then we won't be judged. So when you come to somebody and say, my feel fell found. I understand how you feel. I felt the same way or I understand how you feel. I did the same thing. But let me show you a different way. You're not judging them. You've already judged your behavior. Always look at yourself first. That's what that, that, that story about uh, the plank in the eye and the, and, the, and the toothpick in the eye. The important part is not that the brother cannot judge, but he needs to turn it on himself first. Turn the light of God on you first. 
And, and what you do is we get scared because when we turn light on God on us. The first thing we do is realize how sinful we are, right? And we think we're unqualified to say nothing. And the world wants you to think that way. Who's more qualified to say something than the saint that has turned the light on himself and know about the freedom that God gives? There's no perfect people. But when you say, I can't say nothing because I'm just like you, you should be the person to say the most. Because we're all in the same boat together. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That was, that, that was put there for us to say, get over it and tell somebody about Jesus. Get past your fear of being human. I can't tell nobody nothing because, you know, I'm so... You're the best person that can tell somebody something. You don't need to be perfect and pious. You need to be real. If you're real, you can tell somebody, I got false still too. God is still working on me. And guess what? If you come to Christ, it ain't going to be rosy. But guess what? If you close your eyes after you come, you're going to be in paradise with God. And I'll show you where it says that. All right? It's not about an easy life. It's about a saved life. And once we get past that, what television tells us and what these prosperity preachers tell us and all the false scriptures and the misinterpretation of scripture, we can apply scripture right and really realize it's bigger than our flesh. It's bigger than our flesh. And we can begin to think more of others than we do of ourselves. Go to, uh, Frida, go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let's see what the Bible says. Because I want you to understand this is God's welfare plan. Meaning how to look after each other. Philippians 2. 2 and 3. Two mm-hmm. and three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do nothing from selfish from selfish ambition or conceit. Stop. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Speak up. Don't do nothing from for somebody else expecting for something to be done for you. Okay. What else could it mean? That's good. I like that. Anything else? What does that mean? From do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. What is a conceited don't, person? Don't, don't, don't do something and expect uh-huh. for you to get something back because you're doing something nice. Okay. For them. That's free to say it. Y'all say it a different way. See, I want you to crow like you crow. Right. You don't need to say like I said. You need to. I need to know what you think and how right. processes in your head. So don't do nothing from selfishness. Don't do nothing where the motive of what I'm doing is all about me. Right. It may look like it's about you, but really, it's about me. It normally comes in the form of accolades. Two people can do the same thing as one doing it for Jesus and one doing it to get pat on the back for men. And the Bible says something about that. If you want the applause of men, you'll get it. He'll let you get it. But you're done it. You got your reward. Why? So you got to ask your questions, Sister Linda, for real. I mean, why do you do good things? We hope and pray from our heart and for God. But let's be honest sometimes. Let's be honest. I've done some things in my life, even since I've been a Christian, where not necessarily it was, it was a good thing to do, but my heart wasn't necessarily in it for Jesus. You know? And that's what we got care. That's why. I tell y'all all the time, don't raise me up. Right. Don't put me down, but don't raise me up. That's right. That's right. It's my job, it's your job and my job to keep us all level. Mm-hmm. There's no big eyes and little U's. So my goal, go ahead. I'm going to ask a question because mm-hmm. 
I've been told a lot of times that I do too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the, I probably do sometimes, but that's just me. And I've been like that all mm -hmm. my life. And I do things not looking for something in return. And mm -hmm. sometimes I do things for people, and I can't tell, you know, nobody, not even my husband, because, you know, he probably said Go crazy. crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just me. And I have stopped a little bit. I have slacked down. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for it. Like, I don't need anything. Right. And I'm not looking for people to raise me up because I do not. Mm -hmm. But I, I have, I said, I'm, I need to slow down. Mm -hmm. Any other question? And, and I'm saying, is that uh, wrong for me now, now to say, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy gifts anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, uh, because you're not gonna they extend don't yourself to extend myself, and they don't, and people not thinking about me, even okay. though I'm not feeling well, that way. Well, if, if you know. You know, it's kind of, kind of you and Vera friends, and I can see why, because because Vera say the same kind of thing. She's like that too. Yeah, but this is oh. the this is the key. The Bible says, if you know to do good mm -hmm. and don't do it, do it. it's sin. Man. I'm not saying you don't you need to cut back. I can I would never say that. No. But what I would say is, if it bothers you, then you need to keep doing what you do. Because think about this. Your husband or a significant other may be upset because you extended it, but they don't know how they've been blessed by your generosity. That's right. That's right. See, because he's being blessed by because you've been a giver. See, and I'm, and I'm telling you this, I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. Stacy Sweet, and she'll give, but I am a giver of my time. I'm a giver of who I am. I'm a giver of what I will do. You can always, if you get me, I'll talk to you about the word of God. You know, I'll give, I'll give. And sometimes that runs into problems when you have a significant other. But what I always point out, have we ever went home? Right. Have we ever not had? Have you ever not had? This is what I'm called to do. And if you're called to be a person who was a giver and you neglect that because what people are saying about you, and pressure you not to give, then that thing that you rejecting that God, that's a gift to be a giver. Yep. That's a gift to be a person who, who has a kind heart and don't expect nothing in return. But the world say we fool. Well, the Bible says I'm going to be a fool for Christ. I'm going to be a fool in my giving. Yeah, I might not get nothing in return. You know, and I, and I started to just, I experimented with God in this giving program. Okay, he said, try me. And I do. I, I might be in line. Somebody be. It just hit me. Go and pay for their groceries. Just pay for them. Don't even know. Don't even know them. Don't know if they got the money or not. Just pray. Just pay for it. You know. Just pay for it. You know. And they looking. What? what? You don't have to. I, I say I would like to. Now, if you don't want me to, that's on you. Mm -hmm. But I would like to. They're trying to figure out my angle. And if they ever get to the point where they say, well, why are you doing this? I say, because Jesus has done so much for me. I'm going to plant that seed of giving in them. And they may be a Christian, they may not be a Christian. But I'm going to plant that seed in them for them to give. And that's what I'm talking about. Giving. Okay? Okay? Let's let's fit out. I know Freedom downstairs. Jackie, let's go uh, Philippians 2 and 3. Uh, 3 and Two and three and start all over again and read that down to. Two and three. Mm -hmm. Two and three. Start reading there. Uh huh. 
do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So now it tells us, not only do we, don't always look to yourself for, for gain. We just kind of went over that. Look to the interests of others. Why? Because it's more satisfactory. Why? Because it's a great thing. And when you do that, let me tell you something. When you do things for other people, you don't need to tell other people. Just do it. We're talking about it now because we're in the class. We're talking about what we do when we give. But what I'm saying is I don't, I don't even tell Stacy sometimes. If I'm in a line and she's back there doing something, I may walk to somebody and get them a $20 bill and walk away. And she's like, she like, what you doing, nothing? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm putting this God that says he's the giver of good gifts to the test. You can't beat God giving. And I've learned that over time. I wasn't a tither. I wasn't a giver. I wasn't, no, I didn't. And my pastor sanctioned me for that. And then I decided, okay, all right, I'm going to give it a try. And I've been giving ever since. And it's not about getting receiving money back, but it's the peace of mind that, yeah, God, you give me everything I got up to this point. And guess what? You said if I pour it out, you'll give me some more. For you. I'm not doing it to be recognized for me. I'm doing it so somebody can recognize the Christ in me. Okay, let's go. And you never know, because if you do that, to someone just randomly, mm -hmm. they might even tell somebody, and that person might do it. Yeah. You just never know how that might grow. That's right. And you know that person might come to Christ behind with your gift of giving. Mm -hmm. You never know. But I'd rather take the chance on it happening than not do it at all. Right. Because right. if you don't do it all, it's not going to happen. Right. See, it's not going to happen. God, God works through us. We are his spoons. We are his dispensers of his grace and mercy. And we just are read in James. Go back to James. We just read in James that mercy is preferred over judgment. So I might be right about something, Sister Curly. Sister Joyce, I might be right about something. But if I see it really just, you can't see it, my job is to sit back and give you what? Mercy. Mercy. I'm right. Excuse me, guys, what chapter y'all need to say? James chapter 2. Okay, verse 13. Okay, so, so I might be right, Sister Joyce. I might be right. But, it, but, but you can't see it right now. And me pushing my right on you, my, my privilege to be right, I'm right as rain, you wrong as two left shoes, but I'm pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, because I'm right. But God say, give up your privilege to be right, to be merciful. Because mercy is the sacrifice. I'm giving up my being right so I can show you how right God is. So sometimes right just comes, if I know I'm right, just comes and saying, oh, okay. I find myself saying that now more to people. I know what to tell them. But I can tell they're not telling me this to tell them something. They're telling me this because they want to argue. So I'm going to give them mercy. Okay. All right. What you say? Mm-hmm. And then I come back later and say, they'll bring it up again because they're trying to start arguing again. Then I'll ask them that one little question. Do you want my opinion or not? And I understand you wanting my opinion doesn't mean you're going to do it. That's right. So I'll give it to you, 
but I'm not going to expect you to do it. And see, that's another thing. When we tell people what we think and when we tell people what to do and when we tell people how to live and when we tell people about Christ, your job is not to worry about what the Holy Ghost is going to do next. Your job is be a proficient seed planter. Know how to plant the right seed in the right soil. And God will get an increase. And then God will bring somebody else along that may water. Okay? In this James chapter, he's telling you, look, there's, there's a, a system in place to where you can be blessed and you can look after people and be fulfilled, but you got to follow the pattern of Jesus. And that's what James did. James is saying, look, follow Jesus's pattern. He lived as an example. The Bible says he was an example for us. Okay? Go verse 13. Go ahead. In James. For judgment is without mercy to no one who has shown no mercy. So you don't get any mercy if you don't show it. Go ahead. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm -hmm. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Mm -hmm. Can that faith save him? Now, that they, they put this as an argument with Paul. Okay? And we know what it's about to say after this. Okay. If a person doesn't have the, now that, and that's what I was leading to Saturday. If the person doesn't have works, where are works played out at? Where's works played out at? Where's works demonstrated at? Let me use a different word. In everyday life. In everyday life. Oh, okay. You, your work is manifested in everyday life, right? Right. So, and your faith is manifested in where? In who? In Jesus. Jesus. And where's Jesus? No, where's Jesus? No, no, where's Jesus? What did the Bible say Jesus is right now? Sitting with the Father, having all power. The Holy Ghost is in you now. I, I'm gonna give you that. The Holy Ghost, which is Jesus, I, I got you, but I don't want to be technical now. Jesus sitting at the right hand side of the Father, right, having all power, right, interceding on for us as the chief intercessor for us, right, right, right. Okay, He's in the heavenly and heavenlies, right. He's with God. That's somewhere where? You can't get to. Up there. That's somewhere up there. In the, way up there. Okay? Past the stars, past the planets, past whatever we know. It's there somewhere. Okay? It's above us. Not below us. So it's vertical to us. So our faith is what? Vertical. Yes. We live out our life horizontal. So he's saying... A faith that is vertical that doesn't produce horizontal works is what? Dead. dead. It's dead. dead. That's why I tell people you can watch people. Where's your work? Oh, I got saved when I was 12. My dad is, he got a, there's a bench in such and such church named <laughs> after us. And all that. You tell me about your historical perspective to religion. I'm asking about your personal relationship with the Father. I'm asking about your vertical. I don't care about your horizontal until you tell me a little bit about your vertical. And if you're telling me that you rely on somebody who's dead and what they worked out, that you're going to grab hold of their works and claim it, you're a fool. And you're not saved. You're not saved. You mean you got saved and there's no good works in your life towards nobody ever? Or let me put it this way. You got saved at 12 you got mad at 30, and now you're 60, and you mad at the world, you don't do no good works, so you say you're saved. 
You pushing your luck. You pushing your luck. Because James say faith without works is dead. And works. Continuous ongoing. <clears throat> Maybe you can't do as much as you used to do. But you can do something. If it's nothing but coming in and help clean up the church, you can do something. Even if it's nothing but the, the, every Sunday you run to get past some water, you can do something. When somebody starts crying, you give them some tissue. You can do something. It's not about what you do, it's about the heart that does it. It's about the heart that does it. Okay, go ahead, read. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, mm -hmm. without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Stop. That's just common sense, isn't it? That ain't super spiritual, but it has a lot of spiritual implications. See, what he's saying is, he said a brother or sister. He didn't say a stranger right now. He said a brother or sister. The Bible says that they will know that we are his by the way we love each other. So this is the person that you say you love. You know they're lacking. You know they don't have. You watch them walk in Sunday every Sunday with the same t-shirt on. Or the same pair of shoes. And they may be their Sunday shoes. But you can kind of tell they really need some other shoes. Find out their size and you can go buy them. So I'm going to find out their size. And get, if they wear your size, give them one of your pair of 100 shoes that you got. Shoes that you only wore once because the only outfit you only fit once. <laughs> yeah. I uh, personally, when my daughter came, I kind of told some people this. I had, I had like two, three hundred t-shirts. Nike t-shirts. I've accumulated. Some shirts I hadn't even worn yet. Because they had get so far down in the pile that I didn't dig down that deep to find them. <clears throat> As we were sorting them out, I had a bag of the ones I said I can give away. I had a bag of the ones I wanted to keep. And I said, that's a shame. There's guys out here can wear these shirts. They ain't raggedy. They can wear them. And I took some to Goodwill. I took some out to James. Okay? My thing is purge some of that stuff out your house. Purge some of that stuff out your house. Don't be, don't, don't, you ain't gonna wear it no more. Give it to somebody else. Let them enjoy it. I know his name brand, but give it his way. Give it away. And if it's a brother and sister, it says, look, if your brother and sister sitting next to you need something, you don't give it to them and you know they need. If you know to do good and don't do it, that's sin. That's the sin of omission. You commit the sin because you're ignoring the fact that they need. That'd be like somebody calling me from this church and saying to, that they let they, they gas would be cut off today. And I know it's going to be one degree tomorrow, some craziness like that. We got to do something. Even if it means letting them come to my house. We got to be willing to extend ourselves that far. And if you're not, go pay the gas bill. Uh -huh. Then they ain't got to come to your house. But you can't let them sit there in the cold while you're sitting there warm. But you know, there's some Christians that'll do that. They're Christians. And I ain't talking about strangers. I'm talking about their own brothers and sisters in Christ. All right? Go ahead, read. You somebody got something to say? Uh, I was just thinking, because that's why I shared with you about my uh, grandson and his mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still don't know. They didn't get put out over the weekend. But when I talked to him, um, his attitude had picked up. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, well, let me tell you. So my question is, when you, if you think someone might be trying to pull something over on you, mm -hmm. do you still just freely, heartily give? I mean, we can, I guess the thing of it is to ask my own question, we just pray and ask that it be revealed. Mm -hmm. to yeah. And if they get over on you, they pray for those who despitefully use you. If you find out that you gave out a good heart, they use it for something they ain't supposed to, or they got over on you, oh well. You're smarter next time. And you can bring it up and say, hey, look, the last time I gave you, use it, you didn't use it properly. So I'm kind of apprehensive. So I tell you what, instead of me giving you the money to pay your gas bill, give me your gas bill and I'll pay it. Yeah, because that's the problem. I just want to wait and see. Yeah, let me see what's really going on. Because I don't have the full story. Yeah, you don't have a full story yet. So you don't really know yet. But you'll see. It'll come to pass. Ask God to reveal it to you. He'll show it to you. He'll show it to you before he show you show it to them because you want to help them. So he'll show you. Say, no, don't do this. Do that. Don't do this. Do that. You're like, God, I want to do more. He said, don't do no more than I tell you to do. Just do what I tell you to do. You'll see what happens. He may set it up to where you give a little and it's misused. He says, see, I told you. You know, you didn't get it. He has to take, give this, and it's going to be misused. That's why I have to let you give a lot. Because I don't want you to be hurt. It ain't going to come right. It ain't come back no more on you. Okay, go ahead, read so also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Yeah. You claim that you have this vertical relationship with God. You walk around speaking in tongues, and you're passing out demons, and you're doing all this stuff that, that religious folk do. You walk around with the funny hats and the funny robes and the necklaces and the chains and the rings and the earrings and all that stuff. You got your church clothes. You got your church shoes. You got your church dance. You got your church hallelujah. And you don't have no relationship with nobody outside of us four and no more and shut the door. You don't extend yourself to nobody. You got it down to a science. I've seen the science of religion inside a church. I've seen competing sisters on shouting. I've seen the drum. I've seen when there's a certain beat, that's when everybody starts shouting. They know it's shouting time. With that certain little rhythm and beat. And then what happens is normally it's this sister that kick it off. And this sister start kicking off, and this sister over here ain't gonna let this sister outdo her. So then she kick it off. Then there's a brother that'll kick it off and run around the church like a chicken with his head cut off. But then when they leave this building, it's a whole different kind of person because they they had church. They had church. They've done their exercise for the week. And they made everybody look at them and they put on a good show for everybody. But that is not a vertical relationship. That's a horizontal show. That's all it is. That's all it is. And the only thing a pastor preaches is, 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 is to entertain and have fun. Never to correct, never to explain, never break down scripture. Just, I won't entertain you because if I entertain you, you'll pay me like I'm a comedian. You know, we was good. It was a good word. Well, what was it about? I don't know, but all I know, he started tuning up at the end. You know, I like that. Okay, but 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 but, but what's the substance that causes you to live a better life for God when you leave here? That's all we're trying to do up here in Walking Truth. We want the people to take our studies, take our words, take our lessons, take whatever we have, and we want them to live the truth of God out there. Day by day. 
And you should get more and more mature as you walk through this life. All right? Go ahead. Take your time. I hear you, Ferris. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Okay, go ahead. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Now, what he's saying is, look. The reason I can say I have faith is because I've shown it in my works. You gonna tell me you got faith and you ain't got nothing? You ain't got nothing but that old dry testimony that you had 20 years ago when you was 14 and gave your life to Christ? You've been living your life as a long ranger since then talking about you, you, you know Jesus. No, you don't. No, you don't. You think you do. The worst part about people who claim to know Jesus, the Bible talks about there's gonna be a, a spirit of deception sent by God. That people are going to deceive themselves in the latter day. And people are deceiving themselves. You can tell how mean the world is now. Christians, we are deceiving ourselves. Churches are still racially divided. Churches are still uh, uh, denominationally divided. That's not Jesus. That's the Satan and the devil. He's tricking us. He's tricking them. He ain't tricking us. He's tricking them. Why can't you accept other people, other denominations, or other races and other cultures in your church and they believe in the same Jesus you believe in just because they have a little different way of worshiping than you do? You can't accept them because they don't look like you and talk like you and act like you. Well, we don't want them to. We want them to bring something new to us. We want them to bring a gift to us. We don't want the same old, same old. Okay? He said, look, even the demons believe in Jesus and tremble. So what good is you just tell me you believe and don't have anything to show me. Look, he he was he was the, the, the highest thing. The demons didn't believe God is one. And they tremble. You believe in God and don't do nothing. You don't even tremble. You just keep on living your life under your lie. Go ahead. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Mm -hmm. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Stop. Think about that. God told him to do something. And he proved that he had faith in God by being what? Obedient. Obedient. See, he proved it. I got faith in what you told me, God, so I'm going to be obedient. That's what God, it's so simple. Then she's going to give another example. Go ahead. You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. And he was called a friend of God. So you're only a friend of God when you obey him. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. That's what Jesus said, his brother. So James is right on target with his brother. He's saying the same thing. He's saying Abraham was called a friend of God because he obeyed what God said and his faith was in the right place. And he did what he was supposed to do. Go ahead. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. No, you're not justified by faith alone. Now you saved by faith, grace through faith. Yeah, you're saved in that, in that, in that, in that unique uh, uh, salvation uh, uh, situation between God and you and your sin. But once that is done, your sanctification is based upon your work. And your sanctification only starts if that thing that you say that happened to you 
has really happened. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, if, if it happened, you're going to have works. If it hasn't happened, you won't have any works. You won't have any. You won't, you won't have anything. You will have deceived yourself in believing that all you had to do, confess with your heart, believe in your mouth. Yes, that's a part of it. That's part of a bigger piece. That's just the beginning. That's not the end. Some people say, uh, 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 Sister Mother Wilkinson, Sister Wilkinson used to always ask me, do I have to always repent? Can't I just repent that one time and I got saved and be done? Really? You're still sinning and you want your repentance from when you got saved to carry you through your life. Because you, you don't want to admit that you got bad thoughts. You don't want to admit that you live in foul. You don't want to admit that there's still some stuff in you that need to get out of you and you don't want to repent because you don't want to, you think you're fooling God. So no, a saint will have some works, some good works that other people will see and recognize and appreciate because the motive is to show that God has saved you. So yes, you're going to have some good works. You should. Go ahead. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So he said, just like the body apart from spirit. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a theological giant to figure that out. If your spirit is gone from your body, your body is what? Dead. dead. So if you don't have any works in the body of Christ, then your faith is dead. He just gives you different ways to look at it. Rahab trusted the God that she heard about. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. So she, she wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile. The spies came into the city. She heard about the God that, that did all that work. And Red Sea and all that stuff. To, and what she did was go ahead and say, look, you know what? I believe in that God too. I'm going to do something for that God. And if these are the men of God, then I'm going to hide them from the people who want to hurt them. She made her faith go into action. And she did what was needed. And guess what? Her whole family was saved when they came and took the city in Jericho. She saved her whole family through an act of faith. And you can too. All right? Can you still go? That's the end of chapter two. All right. So we'll stop right there. Amen. Any questions? Any concerns? Anything you want to talk about as far as this is concerned? Go ahead. Um, I don't know if you remember the other other month I was asking questions about Senio's friend who faith is his favorite word. He got faith for everything, but he's scared of everything. Oh yeah. And I was legit wondering, is he I know it's probably sound like a silly question, but if I believe you that you saved mm -hmm. okay. But also if I believe you that you have faith mm -hmm. and he has no works. You see what I'm saying? Like, so that's kind of his faith is useless. Right. So he says he says that he has it, and okay, we believe it, but it's not it's not good for anything. He ain't never stepped out on this faith that you said that you had. Like, it hasn't I, exhibited itself or manifested itself yes. as any kind of work. Yes. Yeah. So that's. Oh, I, go ahead. I, go ahead. I guess I'm just. That was just my question, and and I don't want to get into you know how frustrated he, he makes me, but I wonder like, is he a legit believer? Because he says everything 
You say, you say it all, but that don't mean that it's in your heart, out the heart the mouth speaks. It's yeah. still some type of disconnect with him. Right. And that's the self-deception. You know, we can read the Bible and quote the Bible, prayer and quote the Bible. Yeah. You know, but his actions show that he lives in fear. And when you live in fear, that's not faith. Yes. When you're scared to do everything that God, hold on, God called you to do X. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk in Truth Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank all of those who are listening and want to give you an opportunity to support the ministry. If you look at your podcast description, there will be a support button or a donate button or a sponsor button. Please click that and follow the directions and donate as much as you choose. Every little bit helps, and I want to thank you in advance. We do a lot of work in our community and around the world, and we use every dime to go towards the ministry. No money is collected for salaries or the upkeep of a building, but for simple ministry so we could take the word of God around the world. So again, this is Pastor Jay of Walk Truth Radio Podcast. I want to thank you in advance for donating and always want you to be encouraged, be blessed, and always be at peace. Thank you. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Tanika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. You are listening to Walk in Truth Radio with my amazing friend, Pastor Jay. Please be sure to get your encouraging word each and every day on the following podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Podbyte, LoftyCast.com, Google Play Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Please be sure to always tune in. He always has an amazing, encouraging word. God bless your hearts. Be blessed, motivated, and inspired. Take care, you all.